You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. I'm here at The Wing in Soho today, and I'm here to interview Stacy Saxton. Stacy is a dynamo of a human being. I love her. Um, when you hear her, you'll know why. She's got an amazing personality, and she has a way with words that makes everything sound really, I don't know if it's beautiful or incredible or interesting, but she's really got a beautiful way of speaking. Um, she's a Reiki master, she's a breathwork killer, and she is the co-creator of The Sex Oil. On top of all that, she's a mother, and I think it's so interesting how she pulls it all together. I'm very curious to hear about how um, she manages the idea of sexuality and also manages being a mom and maybe the perception people have around sexuality and motherhood and how she makes it work for her family. Um, I think she does a great job. She is a beautiful individual. She makes you feel held and seen. And um, I'm really excited to have her in. She's also pretty well-versed in essential oils, which would make sense since she does the sex oil. So we're going to see what we can find out from Stacy today, her inspiration, and all of the things. So here she is. Welcome to New York. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How was your ride in? It was good. I didn't have kids in the car. Yeah. So How does that feel? Good. I feel incredibly free. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird, right? I know. It's so weird not having my kids, you know, I, I'm very independent, so I do a lot of things for my work, I do a lot of things outside of the house, but me and my husband doing something together without the kids, we don't make enough time for that, so this is very nice, an unexpected little, little unexpected mom and dad trip. I know, and you have, is that an Airbnb that I saw? We're staying at a really boutique-y hotel. That's, that was a hotel? Yeah. With a kitchen? It's a converted apartment complex, I believe. It's right over by Maha Rose, actually. Oh. I'm like two blocks the, away from it. The Box the, Hotel? Oh, no, but I saw that from the Pulaski Skyway. I could see that from Yes. Yeah. Awesome. It's really cool. I know. I said to my husband, uh, I was at Maha Rose for Aaron's group, mm-hmm. and my husband, if I say, like, come do breathwork, like someone had canceled at the last minute, Anna had canceled because she was sick, yeah. and she's like, if anyone wants a ticket, and I told him, and he's like... Uh, no. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> so he did breathwork once. I'm not supposed to hold space for him, you know. Um, but so I had a group at the Montauk Salt Cave in the East Village. Yeah. And I said, just come. It'll be fun. You know, it's the Salt Cave. No big deal. He's doing the breath. Everything's going. I look at him and he's all of a sudden I say like, nope. He's like, nope. He just like shuts he's down. so activated. He was like, I don't want to do this, you know. Mm. So your husband does it? No. Think no. you would? You know, I don't push him on anything like this. We're so opposite in a lot of ways. Like, he's an engineer. I don't even understand what the man does. Really? <laughs> he does something with Wi-Fi. and Yeah. My brain doesn't work that way. We're so opposite, but we also are incredibly respectful of one another. Yeah. And, I mean, really, the way that our brains process information, we could not, we could not be more polar opposite. But... Yeah. Um, we really come together and share a lot of fun and a lot of open-mindedness. So he's very respectful of all of this and 
so accommodating like and cheers me on and all the work that I'm doing but I don't uh, I'm not gonna push him to do it because I don't think he yeah he doesn't really look to have any interest in it but if he ever wanted to I would adore that yeah for him yeah but I I think I would absolutely have someone else hold space for him too yes yeah I don't know if I want to watch that right exactly it's like that's for that's for you boo yeah that's for you that's so interesting. I see people who do breath work with their boyfriend or mm-hmm. husband or partner or whatever, and they're next to each other, and when one gets activated, the other one goes, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think that I would want to, because I don't know that my husband would get activated, but I do. Yeah. So. I think it takes a special combination of people to be able to separate themselves, yeah. themselves from feeling what their kid, their partner their best friend maybe is releasing or going through right next to them. I never thought about the kid. You know, I... Have... Well, I've heard a lot of families will do breathwork groups together, though, which yeah. I think is incredible. I just think it it could be really hard for some of the people, you know, hearing someone else in their family get activated. Yeah. Um, my stepdaughter has done breathwork with me, not mm-hmm. not as me leading, although she did do it at the Salt Cave. But we did a couple groups with Erin, and... Um, I didn't hear her, so I'm deaf in this this ear, my right ear. Which I didn't know until just just five minutes yeah, ago I, when I had to switch <laughs> the ear thing so that I could hear you. Yeah, uh, so I got I lost my hearing about seven years ago. That's another mm. story I would share for when we're not talking about you. Sure. <laughs> well. So you are so many things, and what I think is really interesting just about you as a person is that your language. I don't know if it's where you were raised or how you were raised. You use words. That I can't describe what it sounds like, but everything sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. Do you hear that? Very kind. Do you hear that though from people? Like you just use magic words. I feel like I have a lot of friends who are so elegant and eloquent and graceful with their words. So maybe they've just rubbed off on me over the years. Yeah. I think I need to listen to you more. I listen to your um, your playlist, the sex oil playlist, all the time. It's good. Oh my god, I play it before my groups. Perfect. And after my groups. It's such a good mix. So my business partner and I, we both um, we give our own recs. So if if you knew Christina, you'd probably be able to pick out her songs really? on there. And oh yeah, and then you'd probably be able to pick out which ones are mine, and then we kind of like some in-between songs so I mean it'll be all over the place right we'll have like modern day music on the playlist and then another song like we have Al Green yeah <laughs> I love that it's like I love that really That's what I was multi-generational so- songs and sounds so because you had a 70s song wasn't the Al Green song there's another song on there I should pull it up actually anyway just look at um the sex oil yes we do a monthly playlist I love that. and it's just been so fun because you know, we're really trying to broaden this whole definition of sexuality and sensuality as part of our work and just kind of remind people that, you know, we've not put let's get it on on the playlist yet. <laughs> and there's a reason for that because we really do want, you know, like you can go to the cliches, right, of like songs that are about sex. Then we have some in there, obviously, but we have a lot of songs that just encourage the body to move, you know, and some songs that are really tender. Yeah. And so it's just really about connecting with yourself and thinking like how are these sounds making my body feel right now? Where is this landing in me? Yeah. How does it make me want to move? Does it make me want to move my hips? Yeah. What about my shoulders? Do I just want to kind of like fold into myself or does that make me want to like go grab my lover right now? Yeah. So 
Well, mix. At the, you know, I like that because, um, you know, I have a breathwork club that meets once a month, and I'm trying to hold the boundary of just talking after, like, after the group we don't talk. But the first time we did, and I brought up the sex oil, I told them who you were. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Thank yeah. you. you be, people who, anyone who's been in any of my groups, like, <laughs> in the past few months are like, oh, yeah, she talks about that a lot. And what I th- thought was so interesting is that you, I think... Somewhere, I've seen probably multiple places, the instructions are not necessarily for the purpose of sex. Mm-hmm. They're not also, uns- like, it, it's right. both, right? Right. But it, you said something like, you know, like, rub it on your belly. Yes. And, like, starting to tap into just your sensuality. And mm-hmm. I said to people, like, we live in a society where sex is is profit, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, exploitation. Yes. And... Like, you can't see a mother breastfeeding, but you could see a girl topless, right? Oh, yeah. So there's so many, like, weird things around how we perceive sex in this country. Oh, it's so layered. Right? So layered. So layered. And nuanced. Yeah. Um, We absolutely wanted to create something that was tangible. And because the sacral chakra is primal right it Mm -hmm. is about touching it's about the sensory experience because we're humans Mm -hmm. we're humans we're meant to touch and feel and caress and have orgasms and just be alive and be in our bodies yeah um but we also again are trying to expand on what that is so a lot of people don't feel safe in their sexuality and in sexual experiences and that's a whole other conversation and and so um i honor that for so many people but I also love the idea of us just getting more connected with our body. Yeah. So, again, we're encouraging people, apply it on your lower belly, apply it on your inner thighs. Um, if you have a clitoris, put it on your clitoris. Yeah. You know, yes. like, I'm telling you, do that in the morning. Yeah. Not needing to, like, get frisky with yourself, but you feel like a whole different There's person. There's peppermint in there. <laughs> yes. And And it's just a slight awareness to your body. Yeah, it's you know? a major awareness. Right. Because I've done it, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I feel fresh. I feel fresh and Look alive at that. down there. Yeah. But you know, I, you know what, when it comes to uh, those of us who have vulvas and vaginas and, and those particular parts, oftentimes we're not paying attention to those parts of our body unless we are on our bleed, mm-hmm. having sex, mm-hmm. or having a baby. Yeah. And so we're really disconnected from this very powerful and potent part of ourselves yeah you know like people like make a joke and say like oh i have big dick energy you yeah. know but where's <laughs> big you know pussy energy yeah you know yeah. G- there's something gps with mama gina <laughs> uh it's it's um something pussy something it's like when you get connected to that part of your body like you attract mm. all the abundance yes yeah i mean giant it- pussy Something. I mean, and I know us saying this word right now is already going to like send some people into like a uncomfortable state. Well, if they're listening and they see anything about the sex well, I well, don't, probably. they may or may not, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. It, it very much kind of like breath work. It, it um, self-selects. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's interesting because you mentioned about people like getting triggered by these words. Yes. So um, I used to. Yeah, I mean, but you know what's funny? I heard someone on Jenny McCarthy's show a while ago. I don't remember who it was, and she wrote a whole book about it, and she said the clitoris is the only part of the body that is built solely for pleasure. There's yes. no other purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you said, so I'm like trying to take notes as you're talking without interrupting you, when you talked about um, 
how like we're only talking about it if we're menstruating, if we're having mm-hmm. sex, or if we're having a baby. Um, it's the total truth. And I remember saying to a therapist after my son was born and I was like separated, I said like, I feel like I don't even have any attachment to that part of my body, that like lower part of my body, like the pelvis, the vulva. So it's interesting you say vulva too, because when my son was little, I wanted to learn the proper terminology. The vulva is the outside, right? Right. The inside is the vagina. Exactly. Right. So people don't know these words and we make these fake words, pussy, right? right? To, To detach, I think, from the intimacy of the word. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, there's so much shame for a lot of people, and, and culturally, to say these words, and and I, I'll be honest, it wasn't until I became a mother myself that I got the most intimate with my body, huh. and finally learned what the hell, like, how my body worked. How though? Because people have babies all the time and don't do that. Right. I know. Well, I, this is sort of an annoying response, probably, but there was just something within me that said, like the jig is up. Like I cannot have just gone through that process and not know my body better. I never felt more connected to my body and I don't necessarily have this like incredible, well actually I do have an incredible birth story for my daughter. Yeah. Um, my daughter, who's my oldest, she's, she just turned five and, um, I, I remember being so terrified of birth like I think, me too. I think a lot of people experience oh, yeah. that. You know, even though there's, you know, we've been doing it for thousands of years, mm. there's still this fear, and I think that's totally understandable. That kind of comes up, but um, actually, it has nothing to do with the labor. But my grandmother, who's like a second mom to me, and is who my daughter is named after. Uh, she passed away at the exact moment my daughter was born. What? Yeah. Yeah. She was, oh, it was like a circle of life kind of moment, and it was just such a bittersweet. I woke up that morning, um, my grandmother, was she sick? She was sick, and I was brokenhearted. She was in Alabama, and I was living up in D.C. at the time, and at 35 weeks pregnant, I got the call that my nanny had, like, back-to-back strokes, and she was going to pass, and I was just, like, phone dropped, and was like, no. Because you couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I couldn't go travel. And I was like, she's going to pass today, and I can't be there. And she, doctors couldn't explain why she held on for another two weeks. And I, we were like, she's waiting on something. And I was like, I don't know, I might go to I 40 weeks. I was like, how was she going to hang on that long? And she was, um, mm, my nanny was the most incredible soul and a true renaissance woman. She was an artist, a pianist, um, a chemistry <laughs> teacher. Really? Yeah, she was really? brilliant. She had all parts of her bra- uh, brain just, like, firing off. She was the one who um, bought, like, crystals for me when I was a little kid and wow. got me into crystals and astrology. And she she just always believed that uh, faith and science could coexist and just had the most expansive brain but was the softest soul. So anyway... Um, I wake up, I hit 37 weeks, and I wake up to my water breaking. Wow. And I just got washed over. I was like, Nanny's passing today. The baby's you coming. Know. I was like, I know. And my mom and I have had a little bit of a turbulent relationship my whole life. And um, my nanny was the softest woman, but would try to kind of mediate, if yeah. you will. Yeah. 
And so I fully believe that Manny was also, in, in a way, trying to help me not have to have my mother there. Because my mother stayed in Alabama with her. Oh, but she couldn't fly out to see you because she was thinking of her mom. Exactly. Was like, <gasps> so yeah. I did text my mom. My mom and I were talking that day, of course, and, and I let her know that my water broke. And I said, I think she's, this is what Nanny's been waiting for. And she absolutely agreed. And so. She did. Yeah. And so I remember I texted my mom one last time. I said, okay, I'm about to start pushing. Yeah. And she just sent me a picture of holding Nanny's hand. And she said, we're here. She and was then there. she was still alive, and then, you know, an hour goes by, and when Rue gets put on my chest, I just had this, like, out-of-body, but, like, connected-to-spirit feeling, and I just knew all, oh, you know how your brain thinks a thousand things at once, yeah. especially in a moment like that, when you're first meeting your baby, and I just saw this life, and I was like, I'm amazed this life was on the inside of me. And yeah. I also knew, I was like, and Manny's passed. Oh. And so when we chatted later that night, time of death, time of birth, it was the exact same. No. Mm-hmm. So she's still with you? Oh, totally. Oh. I talk to my nanny all the time. Yeah. She's here. Wow. Well, she's in my heart. Yeah. So you don't think she's your daughter? No. Really? Mm-mm. Interesting. I don't think. Um, but I do think there's a connection there. Yeah. But I think my nanny is still very close. and She wanted to stay yeah. For you until yeah. your baby was born. Yeah. Yeah. She was working up some magic. And what's your daughter's name? Rue. R U E. And your yes. your nanny was Rue. Ruby. Ruby? Mm-hmm. Like R U B Y? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So Rue's going to be short for, yeah. for Ruby. Cool. Yeah. That's I know. a great story. So we went on a major story. No, but that's tangent, beautiful. But I'm so glad you shared that. So I don't remember. We were talking about getting connected with our body. Right, so, so anyway, after had this. Yes. Yeah. But it <laughs> No, this is good. There. This is good. It, it's it, beautiful. It, so it was more of a spiritual moment, right, for birth for me the, the first time. But I just remember, like, yeah, afterwards you're you're stretched out. Your boobs are filling up with milk, like, you know. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? Alien body, right? <laughs> yeah. But I also felt really empowered. And I actually felt sexy. I wanted nothing to do with sex. Yeah. But I felt sexy. Yeah. And I know that's not every person's experience after having birth. But in that little moment, that kind of gave me a glimmer of like, I need to explore this. Wow. Because how could I feel sexy? How could I feel this raw and empowered and not want to get it on my husband? You know yeah. what I mean? Like we, we often think of, of feeling sexy as the sex. segue into having sex, right? So I guess that was my first little glimmer of just realizing, hmm, these can be standalone feelings yes. and things and yes. something to embody at any time. Mm-hmm. And to feel like I had tapped into that was really unique. And then I, I had a lot of health issues in that postpartum phase. And so that also kicked off a lot of like learning about my body, learning about hormones, learning about how my cycle actually yeah. went down, which is like, why the hell aren't we taught about that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the four cycles or four four, four phases of our cycle, yeah. you know, like understanding that, getting really synced up with your flow. Yeah. I mean, like to me, I think everybody needs to learn about that. Regardless it's a, if you're going to be someone who bleeds yourself or not. Like I want my son fully knowledgeable of this stuff as well. Yeah, I just saw, so in my town, the school had done like a thing on 
periods, like men- your menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. And the woman posted, like, it's the same thing we learned in the 70s. Like, nothing has changed. So I do believe, because I don't, I'm through menopause. So okay. I started menopause at 36. So it's been a long time for me. It's like my mom almost, had an early menopause, Oh, too. my God. So I'm curious if that's... No, mine was stress. Okay, well, because my mom was probably for her too. Yeah, my mom was much older when she went through menopause, and her mother. And but so I think what's interesting is that um, you know I don't even have any relationship to it. It's like so distant for me, and I see people talking about like their you know their bleeding or they say whatever they're saying. Right. I don't even know the words because it's like so unfamiliar to me, and I'm like, I see there's. Um, there's a change coming through with people who are in their 20s and 30s who are like taking that back as something positive, yeah. as something like part, like this beautiful process. Right, because I think for so long it's been told that it, it's being, a, being a woman is, is suffering. Yeah. You know, childbirth and, is suffering yeah. and your, your period is suffering and not being able to consistently, it's the whole masculine patriarchy kind of storyline that's sort of been going on of like being a woman is chaotic being a woman is wild yeah and you can't count on anything being the same so that must be dangerous yeah right instead of something that's celebrated and um you know a lot of people don't know but when you are actually bleeding when you're actively bleeding for um for us both both sides of our brain both spheres of our brain are like firing off very equally you're kidding and so they've talked about how in ancient cultures, the women were revered as being wise sages when they were actively bleeding. Wow. You know, and think about how much shame we put on that part of our cycle now. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's a reason why on day five versus day 12 versus day 20, we're biologically not going to be the same person. Yeah. You know, we've just been made to feel like, well, that's wrong. Yeah. Because I should wake up and feel the same day over day over day over day. Like the the man is you know but yeah. it's like no biologically we're different yeah. and we should be celebrating that so I, I think you're right that the the pendulum is swinging back in this other direction yeah. and I know the book woman code um years ago was for me an incredible resource just to start learning about these four different phases and kind of make sense like okay I mean I just heard about PMS yeah right that's all anyone and, talks about right and they, PMS and, they like and then just like being on the couch while I'm bleeding and all that sort of thing. And, and I just learned to kind of like ride out the, the flow of it all. You Literally. Know? Yeah, exactly. Ride <laughs> out the flow. And be like, okay, I'm going to have more energy here. There's a reason why I feel this way. And to celebrate when I want to go inward. Yeah. And then celebrate um, on days where I maybe am feeling more communicative. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just needing to celebrate however the hell we're showing up and, and trust it a little bit more, too. And how did you get there? Mm, I just think it's been a process. And am I there? I, I don't think know you, if I'm well, there. I think you're a whole lot more there than most people. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just, it's just, I knew I couldn't keep going on like I had been. Mm-hmm. You know, I really feel like it was having my children that was a big coming home for me. And it doesn't mean that it was beautiful. Yeah. There's been a lot of fucking hard moments in that. But it's just meant that I've had to come back to 
who I am. You know, I, I actually feel more childlike now yeah. than I did like in my twenties and and whatnot. Um, I was just like kind of numbing out, not really. You treating look my like body. you're about twenty one. I'm almost thirty three, yeah. so I'm young. Yeah, you are young. Yeah. Um, you know, so did you have a natural childbirth? No, I had an epidural. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, the reason why I ask is because when I was pregnant, I remember someone said, have a natural birth so you could experience everything a woman's body is able to experience yeah. in life, which, yeah, I did that. Um, mm-hmm. It was really painful. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've had so many friends who have, and they've loved the experience of doing that. I, I wouldn't so. say I loved it. I just... For me, um, aside from that reason, I was afraid of having a spinal mm. shock. Oh, yeah. No, I hate needles. Yeah. I was mortified yeah, when scary. that happened. Yeah. And then I was still the first time. <laughs> I had a friend who was my labor and delivery nurse. Yeah. It was so funny because... Um, Actually a labor and delivery nurse? Yes. Like, okay. So, I mean, like, she... She worked at a hospital? <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. And so she was like, I'm on shift this morning. Yay! And... It, when she walks in the room, she's like, I just want to confirm you're okay with this. And I was like, let's go to third base. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm down. Right. You're down. Right. right. She's like, because my hand's going to be. And I was like, yeah, yeah come on, girl. Yeah. And so it was so funny. But I remember telling her, I was like, can I get more? I can feel. I can feel what's I happening. Know. And it was scaring me. You felt the like, pressure? Yes. Yeah. I felt way more than I thought I was going to feel. So I was kind of freaking out. She's like, you've kind of given you all that we can yeah. and I was like what this uh, is not okay this is not okay but I did it so yeah I've heard I've heard that they don't give you as much of the epidural as they used to I, I was begging for an epidural and they were like too, too late too late <laughs> like what I know yeah. birthing is so unique and I really respect um how anyone has to go through it and I know that that's just one of the many things that a lot of time mothers can feel shame around um Pregnant birth, birth, Shitting nursing, on the table. feeding the baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it becomes a spiral. You know, stay at home, work from home, work out, work out of the, the home. home. Yeah, it, it just daycare. Yeah, yeah. So you're constantly questioning: Am I doing this right? Am I doing enough? Oh shit, I'm I'm fucking up. You know, yeah. and it's just. I think I had to give. I threw my hands up about a year in. I was like, I. No, I can't try to play this game. Oh yeah, no. no I have no. to step out from the whole like getting sucked in and just completely martyring myself and yeah. motherhood. That was not working out well. So you ended up going from just being at a stay-at-home mom. Yep, I used to work in corporate America. I was in digital advertising. Wow. And I worked for uh, two really nice size publications. I used to work for USA Today, actually. Oh, wow. That's my first big girl job. That's a big girl job. Yes. And I just, but I hated it, though. Yeah. I was not, uh, I was not my best self in those jobs. I had a lot of good friends that I got to play with every day when I was at work. But the work itself, I mean, I was just in Excel all day. Can you imagine me doing that? I was like... I can't imagine anyone doing that. No, I mean, like, ugh. But, so, so when I got when we were having my oldest, that was kind of my out. And I thought stay at home mom was exactly what I was going to be so happy doing. And then a few months in, I was like, Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah. And so I was sort of navigating health stuff and just sort of like really, I was caught up in motherhood for a little bit, but also there was that voice that was like, mm, girl, you got to like really, sit with this a little bit is this 
is this the best way to serve your child? Um, was I was health? emotionally, I was emotionally struggling. So was the health stuff emotional? Both. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I had, I had like full on really bad adrenal fatigue and ended up working with a functional diagnostic nutritionist, if that's what they're called, FDNs. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then what happened? Um, I, I really had to just like, I fucking learned about my body yeah. and it was beautiful. And that, when I sort of like cleared up a lot of the, the brain fog that I didn't even realize that I had been living with for several years, Yeah, that's what gave me kind of the second wind to life. I mean, mother, like being pregnant definitely was doing that and motherhood was doing that. But then once my body started to feel well again, yeah. I actually had the energy to sort of explore things more deeply. That's when I definitely started getting way more into I got into essential oils and thought that was so beautiful for so many reasons I loved getting to heal my body naturally but I loved the emotional benefit I've always been into smell yeah so really getting to kind of conjure up that creativity again was so beautiful for me and then I started kind of getting closer to the little realm that I'm in now and it's very much like I said it's very much getting back to the interest that I had as a kid Mm. as a kid I was into astrology I was you know very much outside I was a deep seeker I was you know playing with with crystals and just so curious of the world why we're here like asking those big philosophical questions and believed in magic and just little kind of Scorpio-ish little kid there, yeah. you know. You're Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising, Mercury, Venus, Venus. And, and yeah, and Scorpio yeah. too. So it's wow. kind of, and then the Sagittarius, which is my son. That's like you know the philosopher too. So yeah. it's like this little kid, deep thoughts. Yeah. Like what happens after we die? Like all these, all these thoughts. Just and so anyway, just sort of like really um, had a lot of quiet time in that first year of motherhood, right? Because mm. I I wasn't working and I was just with this little baby and so it's just sort of snowballed from there and then I I did Reiki training I was sort of nudged by a friend so you're a Reiki master I'm a Reiki master now and she um my friend's an incredible psychic medium and she was like you need to go do Reiki training she's like I think everyone should do at least Reiki one yeah and I was like okay 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 fine I'll go do it and I really fell in love with it. Yeah. And that was really what kind of got me more into energy work mm. officially. But it just also reminded me, like, as a kid, I believed in all this. Yeah, I think that's you know? so interesting that you were given crystals by your grandmother mm-hmm. and that you did that from when you were little. Yeah. That's like a... But don't you think most kids, I know not all of them, but I, most of us do believe in magic when we're little. Oh, yeah. Right? We believe, we in, believe in it, touch. but I don't, I don't know if we have the tools. Right. Not even the energetic tools but like crystals yeah oh i remember because uh, you were so, in alabama uh new orleans oh, outside alabama. new orleans okay. yep that's where i grew up and so yeah i remember i remember like holding magic. holding yes yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot magic, magic was being fostered yeah. down there yeah. i remember like holding some of these crystals and just thinking like god this is like thousands of years old wow. like before even wow. like knowing like vibrational energy and those types of things like to me I was like how could anyone just say this is a rock and then it doesn't you're kidding doesn't mean anything I was like this is powerful the earth made this like I just remember being like so amazed by that I also like remember sitting outside and just kind of staring at the moon and just feeling so connected to the cycles of the moon as a kid 
I knew you were an only child. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of time for sort of like the dreaming and yeah. kind of like being in your head a little bit. So I think that was definitely very easy for me yeah. to have the space to do that. Yeah. I mean, I was also, like, a total little mischievous little shit, too. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> it goes together. Right. I was, Artists like... Artists and rebels, right, David? Right. Like, having all these, like, philosophical questions as, like, an 8, 9, 10-year-old, but then also, like, totally, like, just sneaking around the neighborhood and, like, <laughs> doing God knows what, but... Oh, my God. That's yeah. Wild. Yeah. So, it's just... To me, it, it feels very natural to be connected to those things, but to actually have more words for it, more understanding and hell of a lot more faith behind mm-hmm. um, why to be connected to those things. And not just crystals, obviously, but I just feel like it, it's warranted more of reverence for Mother Earth. Yeah. And and the, just the connection, like how honored I feel to be a human in this lifetime and to be yeah. here and to experience every part of this lifetime just feels like <laughs> such a gift. Oh, yeah. it really is. I think people forget... Um, my uh, brother killer, I won't say the name just because, for privacy, um, his wife's friend was just shot uh, in Asheville, mm. North Carolina. Oh, there was so like sorry. a crowd and he was in a little bit shot and he's now, from the neck down, he has no movement. Mm. And I was just like, you know, every day we get up, every day we stand up is like, yay, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Um, Have you read Journey of Souls, by the way? Who wrote it? Journey of Souls. Who wrote it? Oh, um, oh, Dr. Michael Newton. Mm. I'm the worst with knowing that. Um, I'm I sure people read. listening, yeah. <laughs> knowing your audience, there are some of them who've read this. Or, yeah. And his follow-up, Destiny of Souls. It's it's about um, it's about spirit world. Oh, cool. And it's based on people going under hypnosis, hypnotherapy. Yeah. And getting connected to our life between lives. Wow. I feel like that with sound healing, I've been there. Yeah. It's, 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 to me, death and afterlife has been something that, I, I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but it's something that has taken up a lot of space. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's hard because not a lot of people are comfortable with talking about it, right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that with breath work, I don't know if you have experiences. With any of your, because you're a Reiki master, mm-hmm. and you do sound healing yes. at your church, which yes. is interesting. Right. Um, there's a lot of people who think that um, Reiki is like devil energy, mm. or that when we say afterlife, we're dishonoring God. Right. And, um, you know, my Reiki master is pretty religious, Catholic or some sort of Christian, I don't know. And she's like, it's laying your hands on someone, right? Mm-hmm. Just sending love, sending love. I'm like, so, it's... Yeah. For the same people that believe in prayer. Yeah, same thing. Right? right? Yeah. That's distance healing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I'm always surprised that people have such a hard time. Like, I never yeah. even thought about it until the first person said to me, You're, you know, this is not in, in line with that. And I feel really lucky um, because, again, my grandmother, who was a church-going woman, I was raised in a Protestant church and um, have a lot of ties to that, but at the same time was co-raised, you know, by my grandmother who just had the most expansive views on it. Mm. And so that's always, it's just been so easy for me to trust these modalities, but I also really respect and understand how someone might not, you know, again, my husband is, is, um, he's not shut down to these things, but he wants to know the how. 
the why. Yeah. Explain it to me. Like, yeah. he wants the energetics of it. And to me, I'm just like, how could you not? Yeah, you feel Jesus, it. Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I understand. And that's why I've also, you know, a few years ago when I was starting to get into all of this, I really felt like I needed, it was my job to convince people. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not good at that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I need I to stay in my lane and just talk to my people who are kind of like, already a little bit on my side of things yeah um because I, I don't know if I'm necessarily the greatest person to convince someone because I've I've learned a lot of the science I've learned a, a lot of those things and I've studied it but it just doesn't stay very well retained in my brain yeah because it's not what I'm being guided by I think that we don't I think we don't have to be in the job of convincing like actually when you said that I was like oh shoot I had a post that I was gonna put up today I forgot about it <laughs> um I've learned that, so we are, we are the proof. We are the convincing or not convincing. And so when we just live the life, um, people either convert over, convert, whatever, shift, or don't. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes it's like the lady doth protest too much, right? But this is why, but this is why, but this is why, but this is why. It's like, whoa. Um, I know personally that in my life, so much has shifted for me. Mm -hmm. Um, When my friend Jen came for the podcast, um, we met my mother for lunch. She's Brooklyn astrologer. Yes. Right. So when she said, she's known me since 2008 or something. And um, she said to my mom, like, Tiffany's a different person. How do you handle that? And my mom was like, not easy. Mm. Because I... When you, when you get really, and I think I went through the same thing, like, you have to do bathroom. Yeah. You have, like, trying to convince, convince. Right. When you get into the space of, like, I don't really care what you do because I'm, I'm not controlling you. And um, you just be, be in that space of trust. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like, oh. So, like, basically my entire uh, immediate family life, not so much my son, because my son is like you, only child. He's Capricorn. He's mm-hmm. super, like, tr- you know, internal. So he's like, whatever. It's probably easier for him than I'm like this, right? Because he can just chill out. Like, he doesn't have to worry about me, like, being on him. But when they start to engage in the story of something, if there's anger or sadness, resentment, the story, which is not the truth, it's not that I feel wounded because I feel you abandoned me. It's all the reasons why. Mm-hmm. I just... Like, hands up. I'm putting my hands up. I keep forgetting that there's no video here. I'm just talking to you. Um, (laughs) I just witness. Yeah. And I'm like, I hear you. And then there's no, there's nothing to do. But I am with you. um, Like, you know, my husband, we did a podcast a few weeks ago. It was all about, like, ghost stories and the Watcher House and all these places in New Jersey, like these, like, um, old folklore and stuff. And we have ghosts in our house. And he's heard them. And he's... You know, he gets fairly terrified when I'm like, oh, Nana's here. So I have a Nana. <laughs> My Nana's Rose. And, like, she, when she died, I remember seeing her, like, not visually, but mm-hmm. seeing her, like, running down the hall with a knife in, like, her house coat. And I freaked out and went to, like, my healer who said to me, she's, like, running out all the evil spirits in the house. Oh, damn. Yeah. And, like, it's not Get about it, you. Nana. I know. And I was like, <laughs> and Dave's like, well, why did you do that? I'm like, because she was dead 10 minutes. Like, give her a break. She's trying to figure out the, she's navigating, <laughs> right? She's navigating the, the spirit world. And he, that. and he's, t- he, you know, he'll go like, oh, my God, now I'm scared. Now I don't want to sleep. Sorry, Dave. He's not that scared. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> but... 
but he doesn't believe in ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. But then if I said she's in the house, then... super conflicting, right? It's like, I don't believe this, right. but what I'm witnessing... Right. So, so, you know, I just figure, like, at your own pace, in your own time. Oh, totally. And it's been... in just the last couple of years that I've really dove into this new chapter for me, it's been incredible to see how when I first came, you know, talking about all this stuff, I was, like, freaking out my family. <laughs> like, slow down, yeah. you know? But it almost felt like, like I said, a coming home, a remembering. Yeah. Instead of this, like, oh, brand new world, it just felt like, oh, man, I'm back to eight, nine, ten-year-old Stacy. Yeah. And so, um, but I, as I chilled out, if you will, and and didn't feel like I needed to be desperate for people to show up for workshops or um, being people to totally be on board with what I was talking about or sharing or holding space for. When I let go of that, I felt like a lot more people actually leaned in. Yeah. And that's why I do the sound baths for my church now. Yeah. You know, I still go to a church. I would say my views are not fully encapsulated by the Christian church, yeah. but I go to a church that is really about love. Yeah. They walk the walk. Yeah. And they're progressive. They are everything you want out of a space, ideally, that you're going to go and have um, time in community. And it just, it's so good. And I can't remember how this got started, but one of my, one of my mom friends at that church said, Hey, I see you do these singing bowls. Would you do a sound bath for us? And I was like, Meaning Yeah. Her? Or yeah, the and the, like some of the moms oh, yeah. at our church. And I was like, Yeah. And so we did it in our meditation room at the church. And then someone else found out that I did that. And they're like, This is wonderful. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> and again, so this is like a pretty open minded congregation. And so I ended up doing the sound bath for about 40 women what? who were like, That's a lot of people. 60 plus? No. And they were incredible. I did not know how that was going to go. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. And and as I was packing up my bowls afterwards, I had a woman come up to me. And she was older and she said, she had kind of like sweet, glimmering eyes, kind of on the verge of tears. And she goes, I just want to say thank you because my husband passed away two months ago. And this was the first time I felt at peace. And wow was able to know quiet since then. And I said, and that oh, is what this is here for. Yeah. This is not about me. This is not about the bulls even. This is just about what we can hold space for. Yeah. You know? So, it, again, whenever... You probably feel the same way, too, when you're leading a breathwork group or, or uh, yoga or something like that. When, when someone says something so sweet about their experience afterwards like we've a had those experiences ourselves right so we know how powerful it is but you just get reminded you're like this is not me right you know like a deep sense of humility yeah gets washed over yeah but and you get reminded like hey we could all be doing this for one another because healing healing together finding quiet together at times you know is natural yeah we're meant to do this yeah this is not weird well, yeah. <laughs> you know for for centuries we've been doing this and it's just um you know i keep saying the coming home thing but maybe this is us in the west learning how to finally come home to ourselves yeah i don't know why we've disconnected so much mm. well, yeah you know <laughs> i mean i i really far too long but i i 
I'm grateful to see what is happening out there. Yeah. No, I will say to um, kind of something that we were talking about earlier, though. When I'm in this bubble. Which bubble? Like our bubble. Your healing bubble. Healing bubble. Yeah. And with people who are open and receptive to it, when I'm in that bubble, I forget how many other people are not. Are not. Yeah. And I would actually say it's been more of the work with the sex oil that's then that's brought me out of that bubble again out and of, put me uh, more out of the healing bubble and put me more in like just public bubble again. Like put your mind in the space of understanding public Well, bubble? meaning that, you know, our the, the people our customers are our people that are not in the healing bubble. Not in the healing yeah. bubble. A lot are. Yeah. But a lot of people are back in the like whoa, I'm really triggered by you calling this product the sex oil. How yeah. do I use this? What do I use this for? What is a sacral chakra? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I have to bring this back to basics again. I'm not convincing anybody. I'm just sharing what I know. And so I'm how does sharing it feel to be challenged oh, like that? Oh, it feels really good. It because, does. Yeah, it, it does because my business partner and I, Christina, I mean, it's such passion work. It is so fun. But, you know, if I was doing this, like, five years ago, I don't think I would have been ready to do it. Because? Oh, I think I would have been a little bit more frustrated by people not getting it. I think I would have been maybe trying to do a lot of the convincing Mm -hmm. work. And what's coming to us is very organic and very natural and feels really good. And I think that's because of where we are in life. Do you get any weird DMs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because I know um, I took photos at a, like a nude beach. It was before the beach had opened uh-huh. and it was like I was fully clothed. And I got from just the geo tag, I got so many weird, mm-hmm. um, you know, proposals. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So. I mean, maybe maybe not a surprising amount. Like, it, oh. I feel like it could be way more filled yeah. with kind of creepy yeah. content. But I, again, I think this is because of where we are. Emotionally, and energetically. Like, it, both. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because of where we are in our journeys. Um, just being so into the purpose behind this and just having done work on ourselves. Again, you know, if like five years ago if I had done this, I probably would have been a lot more <laughs> just like spazzy about the yeah. whole thing. But there is... Um, I just feel like we, Christine and I, we've known each other for a few years now, and I feel like we just walk around with a little bit more presence, too. So, so let's go back to, because we, we don't have that much time, but okay. I do want to go back to, who is Christina? How did this get started? And I also want to share, because I want you to bring this into the conversation, Okay. the way that you approach promotion of the oil, mm-hmm. of the sex oil, is not, <laughs> right, it's like, the sex oil is that it's you come from a place of power and yeah. trust without being um what's that word called like when you're being like you're trying to call in some like oh my god I forget what the word is like you're you're not trying to like create like this like um like sexual energy that feels like grabby mm-hmm. or like look at me like I know people who will um do their po- their photos? Mm-hmm. They're not healers, but they'll do. Fo- although I do know one healer that does this, and like breasts are showing, and it's not in pride of her body. Okay, it's in desire for attention. Okay, so I yeah. feel like you don't do that. 
You make it really legitimate. Well, and, yeah. and I feel like it's very authentic to us, again, where we are in our life right now. Um, I've got lots of thoughts on this, and I'll yeah. try to make it quick. So, Christina. Yes. Christina is my beloved partner okay. for the sex oil. And I'll give you some interesting news. Mm. Um, we are actually going to be rebranding. Oh, wow. Yes, because we have other products that are going to be coming out. Oh. And so the company name will not be the sex oil anymore. Oh, my God. I know. Dropping. Dropping no some truths here. No way. Yeah, so no, it's, it's totally... Ex- actually, we always plan to do this. Have you said this yet? No. So oh, good. Here. So don't say it again <laughs> until this airs. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have a totally new brand name, and we, we kind of had known from the beginning that we might be doing that because we always knew there would be more products coming. Mm-hmm. But we just decided to start with just one that we wanted to be kind of the signature conversation piece. Yeah, ignite, well, that's fine. Ignite that conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and then as other things started coming out, we the sex oil will be like our... Her Your baby. Yeah, like yeah. it's our first baby, right? Yeah. But it makes sense to have another canopy yeah. for the brand. And yeah. also, we might be able to run ads after this. Because yeah. right now, we're banned from running any type of ads because the name of the product being the sex oil. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> what a world. Again, yeah. that's that's getting outside of our healer bubble, right? And getting to get that real temperature of what's going on. Yeah. And it's that's crazy. where you're like, shit, we have a lot of work to do. We almost got our website shut down um, the, the the processor, the, the system that processes payments. They said, mm, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah, and a, lot they, of, a lot of mind body gets shut down for yeah. CBD. And so we had a conversation with them, and they pulled back, and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. We totally get this. Like, rock on. But, yeah, it really it really shows you where a lot of... That word, yes, sex. Right? Sex. Still, almost 2020, and here is where we are. Um and we have a lot of people that buy our, our product but don't follow us on Instagram. So it's been... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know... But uh, I feel honored. It, the work, I feel very honored. So to take a step back. So Christine and I, um, we met each other very organically. She used to own a bakery. And I met her. I was at a mom's group event mm. at her bakery. When I saw the baker, the owner... Uh, come around and say hi and like thank us all for coming. I was like, she's like my age. This yeah. is not what I was expecting. So anyway, she had crystals in her shop too. Nice. So I was like immediately. In her bake shop. Yes. I was like, this person can be my friend. Yeah. And so we just sort of organically became friends. She sold a bakery and we had sort of been doing workshops. We had similar health experiences in the years prior. She has really gone down the integrative health coach path mm-hmm. and is incredibly smart with all of that. And so we had been for years making our own products and just kind of like talking about these big topics of life. And it was Halloween yeah. just last year. What? I know. Wow. Um, we were drinking kombucha on mm. my front steps later in the night. The kids had gone to bed. The booch. Uh. And she goes, um, I really want to make my own products and start selling them. Mm. And I told her, I was like, you know, I actually used to do that. She was like, no way. And I was like, I did. And then I told her, I was like, I just came back from a, a retreat actually where I met Elle. No. And so, yeah. And I had a lot of time to be quiet. Oh, and so, retreat? Oh, no. oh, oh, oh. Okay. And, um, while we were there, I just kind of kept getting the download that I needed to create something too. Yeah. And it was going to be around sexual energy and promote generational healing. 
Wow. That was the download that I got, and I was really wrestling with it. Um, and to be honest, if Christina had not said something like a few days later, I'm not sure how long it would have taken me to get the balls to do something. Yeah. So we didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but we just kind of said, are we really going to do this? Because she had noticed she had been taking health coaching clients and almost every single client just had no joie de vivre. Their yeah. creative energy was so dry. <laughs> there was no sensuality, no sexuality. And here I was on another side of the spectrum with like mothers and as a Reiki master, all my clients, everyone's sacral chakra yeah, just yeah. felt dim. Yeah. You know, and I, I understood it because I had been there myself. Yeah. And so it was like we're capping ourselves off and we're just staying kind of stagnant, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just, after we kept talking, we said, you know, the earth is needing a lot of second chakra healing. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. So, and, and we were kind of saying that this is not only for just sex, but this is just, you know, if you're going to be an enlightened person, you got to be able to move past the blocks yeah or you know not no i agree i know we have mixed yes, mixed feelings in the word blocks but you know when we're holding no, things here <laughs> when we're holding things here yeah. and not fully embodied and trusting this very natural innate part of ourselves yeah um we're really not tapped into really living our most human vibrant life yeah and it makes complete exactly it makes right. me so sad to feel like we we live in this sensory overload world, yeah. but we are so sensory deprived. Yes. The irony, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway, this tangible product was meant to kind of gently stimulate, awaken, use it anywhere on the body. It's really multi-purpose, as you know, because mm. it smells yummy. Really good. And it can be a massage oil. It could be, we actually love it when we maybe do have a little bit of cramps. Yeah. Uh, if you have a little sore muscles, it's great for just like, promoting blood flow, yeah. healthy blood flow. So it does all these funny things, but we're like, you know what? Let's just stir the pot and call it what it is, sex yeah. oil. Yeah. And so we're like, this is going to alienate people. We could have named it something else to make it a lot easier on ourselves. Yeah. And probably even um, been able to initiate conversations with other brands much more quickly than yeah. now, but we were like, no, there's a bigger purpose behind this. Yeah. So um, it's just, we, we love to kind of vacillate between all the different topics with sex. So there are times where you might see our content is purely more about the energetic side of it. Yeah. And then there are times where we're just like, get it up, yeehaw, go have some fun. <laughs> and we get the question quite a bit. Um, Do you think my partner will like this? And I actually have responded yeah. to this a few times yeah. uh, publicly, like in, in a post and yeah. have said, hey, love y'all. I hope you'll buy this if you want it. Yeah. Period. Period. Yeah. Yes. Because again, this is, this is taking the temperature of where we are. A lot of people not sure if they want to buy a product that's about pleasure if it's not going to give someone else pleasure. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you got to like just put your own pleasure first. You know, yeah. we don't prioritize pleasure. Yeah. And and so that's part of the mission. That's part of the work. But I think pleasure is such a buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not only speaking about sex. Right. We're not allowed to rest. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we've you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. in our group generally, like not maybe specifically, but like we have to be doing mm-hmm. like like um, showing up 
being present, being work like like being your best at everything and not ever taking it down and just relaxing. Like you had a post when you were, I don't know if you were in Salt Lake City, you were somewhere, you were in your hotel and you did a post of you laying in bed. Mm-hmm. It I wasn't like was sexual. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like you laying in bed, I think you had a robe on, uh-huh. a white robe, and you were saying something like, you're just resting, you're just like yeah. being. And um, I think that's right. Yes, oh, I remember, I remember this I, now. I remember I was yep. like, whoa. I was at a conference, mm. and I'm an extrovert, but I said this a while ago, but it has to be with the right people, the right circumstances, right? Because yeah. people misinterpret this whole introvert, extrovert thing. Yeah. Whatever. I enjoy being around really good people. Yeah. <laughs> that gives me energy. But it doesn't mean that I don't need quiet, that I don't need to make space for myself. And so I just found myself getting a little overstimulated. Yeah. And I just said... I'm okay to, to take a step out, go back to the room, no harm, no foul. Um, and so I did that. And then I wasn't on my phone for about an hour. I took a bath. I just rested. And it was delightful. But we don't make space for that a lot, right? right. It's so easy to just rest, quote, unquote, but you pick up your phone and scroll. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm guilty of doing that. Yeah. But it's, it's you got to you got to be really self-aware yeah. to actually just be in absolute quiet. And it's hard. A lot of people have lost their, a lot of us have lost our mini meditation moments in life. Yeah. You know, because I, even though, even though I'm a millennial, I'm on kind of that like slightly older millennial side. Like I didn't, I didn't even have an iPhone until like. 2013, 2014. Anyway, yeah. my friends used to make fun of me because I was like the least tech savvy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't learn how to text till I was in college. It's kind of really? funny. Yeah. But I mean, like, what did you do when you had to wait in line at the grocery store? Mm. You had to stand there, mm. you know, and you'd look at the cover of the magazines, maybe open one up. You were just aware of what the conversations were around you. You know, you were picking up, what am I smelling? What am I looking at? Yeah, you know how does this feel? What's the temperature? Or but now we just person scroll. behind you, right? Or help? Oh my gosh, right? Right. What a daring thing to do now I to talk know. to someone else. It's it's interesting. People like look around. Like I have to tell you, I got on the uh, elevator to come up here, and the wing is all about connecting, accepting, mm-hmm. no judgment, and like really being friendly. Which I have to remember. Um, I'm a super friendly person, but you are. I've become. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you said I that. I love that about Because I, but I sometimes feel like I'm not. So I am within my own space and community. Mm-hmm. But when I'm stepping into a different zone, then I'm not. Like, so mm. where I live, mm-hmm. I used to be really, really friendly in my town. And then I would find I couldn't get out anywhere. I couldn't, like, I was always, like, conversations kept popping up. People would grab me and pull me aside, tell me 25 minutes of whatever's happening in their life. And I was just like, <sighs> I need to just... Have a break. This sounds sunglasses like, on. This sounds like the South. Oh, Where, yeah. Like, if you need to go it's anywhere fast, yeah. like, it's not happening. <laughs> I'm not in the South, but my town has 4,000 people in it. Sure, so everyone's right? really close. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. And so I have started to become a little bit more guarded um, just because people also, because I post a lot about private things, people think that that's an opening to talk. So I have to set the boundary by being yeah. a little... So anyway, I get on the elevator and there's this really sweet girl whose name I didn't catch. Probably should have caught it. And uh, she's like, so what do you, um, how long have you been in New York for? I'm like, I'm actually in New Jersey. I'm like a half hour from here. And she's like, just talking to me. And I was like, what's happening? What is this alien planet where people are talking? Because, so just to like really blow your mind, my first 
not home phone was a car phone that was installed in my car mm-hmm. when I was 25. And when we started with flip phones. My first texting opportunity, I would, it was 2005. 2005? Yeah. I remember someone was like, oh my God, you're sending a text? I was like, I don't even know what this means, right? It was a flip phone. Do you remember when you had to kind of like yeah. press the number like yeah. multiple times? Yeah, like C was hit three three times to get it to say yeah and then you'd yes. have to wait for it to move to the next spot right. right that's that's how texting was and I was like what is this yeah. I remember like being it was when I went to college so I'm from New Orleans right that the area it's when Hurricane Katrina happened oh my god so even though I was not in the state of Louisiana when that happened I have a Louisiana cell phone number as I still do and um so I lost my cell cell was oh. down so my first like month of college, I'm meeting all these people, and I had no way of getting in touch with them because yeah. my phone didn't work, and it was hysterical, but also sad. But you know, it was like everyone's like, "Let me teach you how to text." And I'm like, "I don't need how to do that." Yeah, like, it's just a totally different world to even think of me like blowing off having a phone. Yeah, like I was like, I don't care. I don't need. There that. are people who do that though. Yeah. Like, um, Jen Kissling, uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with her. Um, and she, they have no phones at dinner. She's mm-hmm. on a date with her husband. Mm-hmm. Their phones are away. For me, I always have my phone handy because I have a son. And I was divorced for a long, long, long time before I got remarried. And I need to be able to always be in contact with my son. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started doing breath killer training, I had to turn my phone off. And I was like, oh, my God. And now my son, who's 18... Um, I can say, like, I won't be available, but if you need me, I'm here. But um, Yeah, it reminds you of how we had to get in touch. We didn't. We had no way. We had to stop with payphones. But I would say, you know, this call is the like, restaurant. Right, call the restaurant. This is the restaurant I'm going to be at. This is the building I'm going to be at, wherever I'm going to be, you know. And so that's what I remember telling my husband when I was last time at this training. I was like, I'll be at Maha Rose yeah, in if Brooklyn. You need me. If you need me. If there's yeah. an emergency, that's where you'll have to call. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like life goes on. Life goes on and everybody's okay. You know, I mean, at the end of the day... No matter what happens, everybody's going to be okay. Yeah. But it, uh-uh. yeah, it's, a, it's a reminder that we are, again, sensually... Uh, deprived. Deprived. Very much so. So, how... Where do you... So, before I ask you this last question... Okay. Um, are you saying the brand name yet, or no? Uh, Don't I feel like I, you have to, I but... I can. Okay. It's going to be called The Sacral House. The sacral house. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you're staying in the chakra. Yes. Yes. Wow. We love it. When you said it, you had like your whole face changed. Well, I was also like, I hope Christina's not gonna be mad, but I don't think she would be. No, we're excited. It's we not have another really... week before this comes out, so <laughs> work that out. We're gonna be. F- we're fine. Yeah. We're fine. It's it's um, it's exciting though. Yeah. To really let to let this evolve has has been beautiful already you know we really we only started this earlier this year we released in that's wild. end of february that's wild yep and i think also her and i having done other work and have working for ourselves really lended us to be like i said ready for this yeah and are are so open to see where this adventure takes us yeah but we're excited. Oh, it's so much fun working with her, too. So is this... Because we didn't even talk about breathwork healer training. So what's your <laughs> path? Where do you see yourself? Like, let's do... Mm. Oh, you are not at HT2. 
So David asks yeah, a no, question. Yeah, no, I haven't gone to that question. Yeah, so. well, David asks a question. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in two years? Two years? Mm-hmm. I see myself spending a lot more time in New Orleans. Mm. Wink, wink. I know a little about that. And I see, you know, I don't know if I see anything like mind-blowingly different. Yeah. But I see life feeling so juicy yeah. and good. Yeah. And I see um, my kids and I just having so much fun. I see me doing still a lot of work focused around sensuality um, and breath work. Mm. And I see the sacral house really enjoying probably around like between five and eight products at that point. Wow. Yeah, maybe a storefront, too. Nice. Not maybe, a storefront. A storefront. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Who knows where, right? Where's that Yeah, that's, gonna be? that's actually been something that we've kind of been open about, too. Yeah. So we really, in, in the space, not just a retail space, it being a healing space. Oh. And us being able to. I love to, that. You right. can do breath work. Yes. Reiki. Yes, we want to have. Do you still do Reiki? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do Reiki, and... I think I just love breathwork so much because how much it moves. Yeah. And I love someone else getting to do it for themselves. Mm. Right? We talked about that with Aaron quite a bit. Yeah, you're you just know, holding how, space. Yeah, you're yeah. holding space and you're guiding them through it. But uh, it's self-selecting. Yeah. But I, I really love that. Yeah. And so I, I really trust how... Um, how it unfolds, but I, I, I really am excited to do a lot more integrative work with breath work focused around sensuality mm. and how you're doing some specific topics and yeah. groups. Like that's where I see um, me being hopefully a good, yeah, good service to others. I think I, I think I naturally attract a lot of fellow moms. Yeah. And I really believe that going back to the beginning part of our conversation where this world, you know, has a big sacral chakra, a second yeah. chakra, uh, kind of cap on itself. I think, I think we need everyone to kind of get past that cap. But I think if the mothers are not doing that work for themselves. They're passing it to the kids. Right. Yeah. And, and our children need to feel safe in their bodies mm. they need to feel vibrant they know they need to know how to connect with this earth and their full expression of humanness yeah we need it to be healthy we need it to be consensual we need it to be gorgeous and yummy and and i just want to see mamas reclaim that for themselves too yeah. it's hard yeah. it's, you know it's oh, hard yeah. yeah it's hard but i a lot of work it's a lot right? of work it's it's i think it's attainable and that's that's the part I think if people know it's attainable, the work is worth right. the time and the energy. Um, but I think for so many people, it hasn't felt attainable mm-hmm. or even... So like I, as I mentioned earlier, that cobweb feeling, like this part of my body from my hips mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever, my roots, right? Just that tiny, what, four-inch section of the body is disconnected. Right, unless, like you said, unless you're having something That's physically happen. That's why I love to happen. dance, and you're, you oh, like to I dance to. too. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I usually dance to your playlist. That's. Right? I mean, like I, we have a dance party almost every morning in our mm. kitchen, and it doesn't have to be pretty. I mean, oftentimes, <laughs> like I'm in an old high school sweatshirt, 
and some the fact that you could still fit into your school sweatshirt well it fits quite differently but but I'm embracing that too you know but yeah it's it's so different when you just actually dedicate time to waking up that part of your body if you're not moving your hips yeah first thing in the morning um and that's why again we even suggest to people like put the sex oil on the lower half of your body because again we're not thinking to move that but when you're waking up that energy it just sort of like goes all the way up (laughs) like my little sound effect yeah I love your sound effect but you you know what I'm talking about it's like I mean that's that kundalini energy too and so we're just um yeah we're kind of locked in our bodies quite a bit and it's easy to do that especially when you're caring for other other people yeah and and it takes a lot of lot of effort sometimes but it can be so fun too and I just hope to be one example to other people specifically other mamas like I know it's a cliche but hey if I can do it you can do it too yeah that's what I hope to be yeah I think that you are that person thank you yeah I um I just want to say that I when I teach yoga um when people do cat cow, I always do cat cow, and mm. I would say close your eyes, mm-hmm. maybe start to turn the cat cow into like a figure eight with your hips, dipping back to your heels, right? Close your eyes and just let your head go. And um, the first five times I taught it, I remember being really terrified that people were going to be like, "Oh no, what's this class?" The class is always full, and people, the all the people, men and women, are able to do that, you know, based on their flow. Uh, their physical flow, their energetic flow. And when you were talking about dancing, I feel like um, that's another way for people who maybe don't know, don't dance, just start to w- work through the, starting with, like to ease into it, starting with the spine, like working the spinal yes. directions, then the hips, and maybe putting the sex oil on and digging into the idea of like, I always say to people, especially working with sexual abuse trauma, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to be sexual for other people. Correct. But you can be sexual for you, yeah. and you can be sensual for you, and you can own your sexuality and your sensuality even without a partner. That, you know? Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, like, it, it's so funny because I'm constantly kind of proclaiming that, especially, and I, I have a partner, a yeah. partner who I love and have a very healthy sexual sexual relationship with, yeah. but I'm doing this for me. Yeah. I am absolutely doing this for me. And you show up better. I do. Yeah. I do. And I'm taking care of me, including yeah. tending to and nurturing my sexual energy. Yeah. I'm more creative. Yeah. I have more visceral energy. Yeah. I, I mean, it just pours over in every part of life. So that's, yes, that's part of what we're wanting people to understand. Be yeah. sexual for you. Be sensual for you. Yeah. Put on Again, that playlist. It does not mean you need to have sex. And let's also expand with sex, like having sex. You can have sex with yourself. Yeah. You know? But that's, of course. But you, but you don't even have to do that. You can express sexual and sensual energy um, any damn way you want. Again, yeah. like me and my shorts and t-shirt, no makeup on, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I love kind of also doing a bit of the boudoir thing. That's mm. fun for me. But yeah. it can easily slip into kind of performative Right. Sexuality too. And to me, like, just very mindful of that. I definitely tried to be, in my younger years, when I was not very secure and at home in my body, I was very much trying to chase the male gaze. Of course. I've written about this in my newsletter before. I was like eight years old when I first shaved my legs. Wow. To win my class presidential election. Yeah. (laughs) 
and I won. But did that not... The boys liked I, Well, did that not imprint on my little course, brain? Right? I was like, yeah. I did the right thing. Yeah. And I remember my mom was so furious. She was like, you did what? And I was like, you know, getting scolded, but my little brain was like... <laughs> but yeah, you know, like, and then for about 10 years there, I was really working hard to push up and squish in and yeah. do all that sort of thing. And now my body is softer and but yet more fluid than she's ever been and um yeah really trying to it took me a while to feel just as sexy yeah completely undone and wild and messy and you know as as when I do like wearing a little bit of lacy stuff and showing some skin that's fun for me too and I used to kind of judge on that yeah you know when I would see another another person like really expressing their sexuality in that way yeah I'd be a little triggered by it yeah and then it wasn't until I really made friends with my own body that I was like oh go her yeah if that's what she wants to express like fuck yeah and that's so it's interesting because there's so many points that came up and we're so over time but Sorry. I'll be really quick no no, no. Well, first of all the wing here um when the one at flat iron when I go there mm-hmm. um most of the girls that work there don't wear bras mm-hmm and it's so like interesting to see someone like own that, own yeah. that like imperfect. I normally don't wear a bra boobs. anymore. Right? Really? Mm-mm. I mean, uh, I am right now, but yeah. I normally don't, and I don't have a problem with it anymore. And it is funny because can you imagine like what the older generation especially says too? Like I remember it was like yeah. um, being told like you're making other people uncomfortable. Oh yeah, that. So I don't even hear those words anymore. Um, I I was w- always wondering about like that with. Um, with sex oil when you're creating. Can you hear me, by the way? Because I'm in yes, my deaf yes, ear. Yes, yes, I can okay. hear you. Um, so, because I'm looking around a lot, I'm doing exactly what I don't want people to do, but there's so much, like, happening for me because this is such a triggering topic for me, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, my mom never wore a bra, still doesn't wear a bra. Um, I do because I don't, I'm, there's, my boobs are so big that I want them to be held up when I'm home and I don't. My husband's like, you would not even know. You know, right. like, just let it be. The other thing I want to share about when you talked about pleasure, um, when my son, before my son was born, I read a book called Touching by Ashley Montague, and it was written in the 70s, and it wasn't just about sexual touch, it was all about um, the importance of touching skin, mm-hmm. and then he went into uh, the sociological appropriate touch, so in certain countries, people shower together or kiss on the lips or whatever. Right. Um, you good? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if that was me that was doing that to you. <laughs> Um, but so the one thing he said, and I read about 20 books, I read all about circumcision. That's another topic, Mm -hmm. um, or, or not circumcising and the, the reasons why things like that, um, is that when our children go to the place, which of course I was so ready for this. So my son never did this. (laughs) I was like, okay, so when the first time he touches himself, I'm going to say blah, 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 which he never did in front of me. Um, but so probably because I was so open to it. Yeah. Right. Like there was no, he had no desire <laughs> or at least you weren't nervously aware. awaiting this. I was not at all. I was like, Oh wait, I'm so excited for this. They said to say like, okay, so that's great. And that's part of your body. It's private. So you, you can go in your room and do this privately. That's something for you. Yeah. Instead of like, don't do that. Right. So right. So like, don't do that in here. Do it in your room. Instead of don't do that, be like, that's great, congratulations, it's just part of your body, right? Right, like really honoring, like touching our body feels so good. And, yes. and, and you get private. to do this in your room. And I yes. think what's so interesting is that we do this, like you talked about performative, right? Like 
How are people viewing me? How is this being witnessed? How is the reaction happening? So you talked about shaving your legs. I remember I wasn't much older than eight. I was probably in sixth, seventh grade. I would judge my hair, as Melody Solomon says to me, judge your hair. <laughs> and when you said judge, I was like, oh my God, this is apparently a word. Um, <laughs> totally a word. I actually looked it up on how to spell it, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was actually oh, a word. How do you spell that? T Z U something J. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where I put I wrote it somewhere. Okay. Recently. Um, it was in, in, interesting so to even know how to spell it. Yeah. Oh, my, that's what the sound was. My, my pop screen fell. So um, I remember doing that. My mom would be like, oh, you're making those men look at you. Like, shaming me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I wasn't doing it for that. I was just moving my hair. Right. So a lot of, like, when you talk about shaving your legs, we get these messages from somewhere. Yeah. Right? It could be mm-hmm. family. It could be society. It could be magazines or TV. It could be anything. There's so many messages. And and now with, uh, you know, social media, I mean, our children, my son yeah. quit drooling a couple months ago, quit smoking a couple weeks ago, you know, but there's so much pressure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're way over. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me for this conversation. I, when you, when we I went do, all over the place, so. I love it, though. And I do <laughs> want to come to D.C. and Me talk too. to you more. Um, you have a conference coming up. Is that November? Are you doing something? Oh, yes. Yes. This is that November? fabulous group called uh, Behold Her in D.C. is doing a self-worth conference. It's just about sold out. And it's the first time D.C. is going to have anything like this. Watch out, DC. Oh, (laughs) the the woman who's running this group, I've I've sort of become friends with. Um, she's a photographer too. She actually is the one who just did my photos. They're gorgeous. She's so good. I still don't know which one to use for this podcast. She's so good. Yeah. Um, follow her work because Mm. she's a real artiste. What's her name? Leah. Leah Judson. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone go follow her. Give me your uh, info. But she's she's like not about superficial conversation. She's like, let's go to the hard shit. Um, no phones at events, mm. no talking about work most mm. of the time, kind of making us feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it gets you present, gets you in the moment, and uh, the conference is going to have multiple workshops going on, so attendees get to pick the workshops that make the most sense for them, yeah. and so I'll be delivering a workshop called Reclaiming Pleasure, Wow! and I'll be doing one that's for anyone, another one that's geared a little bit more for mothers, and we're going to end with like a 10-minute breathwork session at the end so oh my god congratulations i know i'm How so exciting, exciting for for us to wrap up our time like that i've i've facilitated a lot of these conversations now so it's really nice it's going to be probably a lot of what we're talking about you know we're going to talk about a lot of non-sexual things when in regards to pleasure but also the importance of nurturing our sensuality and sexuality for us yeah so anyway um it's going to be this beautiful, beautiful conference, and they have a lot of other people that are specialized in all sorts of topics, and some of them are going to be much more, um, mine will probably have a little bit more of a playful vibe to it. You're, you're a playful person. I have a little playful, yeah. sassy side. So yeah. we'll be kind of <laughs> staying in that arena, but some other people who are going to go really, um, go into their cobwebs, mm, right? And have the yeah. proper and have the proper people facilita- facilitating those conversations and having some professionals and additional services on hand. So we are very prepared for people to come there and really let their cloak 
fall off, so to speak. So I'm excited DC is is getting to have this. It's really beautiful. The city needs a lot of this medicine. DC is lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love it. Oh. Thank you so much Enjoy again. Enjoy your time in the city. <laughs> My kid-free time. Kid-free time. I love you kids, but mama, mama likes to play. Yeah. And you get to you get to be here with your husband. Yeah. Because you weren't last time. No, no, yeah. no. I again, like, I mean, he really encourages me to kind of do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was I've been up here a few times now, just me for trainings and and whatnot. So this is us. Back for play. Back for play, watching nice. one of my best friends get married. Yeah. Couldn't be anything better than How that. How exciting. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll do this again in DC and we'll follow up and I'm down. Awesome. All right. Have a great day. Oh duh. Your links. So we'll have them all in the um, bio underneath the the podcast. So your website is StacySexton.com. Is that your actual last name? Yeah. Is that yours? It's my husband's. Oh, cool. okay. I was like, so you married a sexton. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, well, I what like, I always say is like, I must have been destined for this work. Funny yeah. quick story. I did not realize when we named the sex well. I, someone said a few months into it, like, so funny. Your last name has sex in it. I was like, oh my god, it does. You didn't realize. And that. Christina, my <laughs> business partner, was like, really? <laughs> I, I was, was like, like, is what? it like the sexton oil? The sex oil? My my full legal name at this moment is Stacy Moore. Sexton. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Stacy Moore Sexton. God bless it, right? How could I not <laughs> Your be husband's doing this? Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> weekend in the city with my wife. Right? I know, right? Yeah, you so are. My website is stacysexton.com. And on Instagram? At Stacy M Sexton. All one word. Stacy. The other Stacy Sexton. E Y M S E X T O N. Yeah, the other Stacy Sexton's beat me to it. So. Yeah, that's all right. You're yeah. more Sexton. And more Sexton. <laughs> and as of right now, you can find us at the Sex Oil. Okay, so at Instagram the Sex too. Oil, and then eventually that will shift. This is going to be out next week, so you'll still be at the Sex Oil. Yeah, we'll still be at the Sex Oil. Moving towards the sensual. The Sacral House. The Sacral House. Which we already have that name snatched up too. So we've known you this do. for months. Yep. Good for you. There's nothing on it, but... I'm going to be your first follower. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Isn't this amazing? So we'll continue this conversation. I'd like anyone who has feedback to please um, send it to either me or Stacy for our next podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Access and Expand the Conversations with Tiffany Karen. If you like this, please go ahead and share the link.